Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to season three of the Fitness Experiment Podcast. We've had a lot of people requesting us to talk about ourselves, which is both Chet and I's probably least favorite thing to do in the entire world, but that's how we're going to come out in our first two episodes of this season so you can get to know us a little bit better. You're going to learn where we grew up, what our childhood looked like, what sort of things we did when we were younger, how we chose to go down the career path that we did, um, some resources that we've found valuable, some mentors that we've had, um, some things that we would change about what we've done so far in our career, some advice that we would give ourselves when we were younger, stuff we suck at, stuff we're okay at, myths that we want to bust. We kind of go through everything top to bottom to get to know us a little bit better. So in today's episode, it's all about Chet Binning. We're going to learn all about him, um, start to current, and we hope you guys take a little bit away from it, get to relate to something, and uh, maybe even find something that helps you out a little bit in your own life. So enjoy today's episode, and talk to you next time. What's up, fitness experimenters? Have you run through that wardrobe during quarantine, just kind of worn everything out? You're sick of wearing the same stuff all the time. You need something fresh. You need something new to spice it up a little bit. We got you covered. B-Clutch has a discount code for our listeners live between now and August 31st, 2020. Add whatever you want to your cart. When you check out, type in TFE20 and save 20% off your order. B-Clutch is a lifestyle brand based out of London, Ontario, Canada. They started just by launching a few hats back in 2016 and they've transitioned into a premium and innovative lifestyle apparel brand that they are today. I mean, I can't say enough good stuff about uh, this company and their ownership. Uh, Stand-up crew, definitely one of the good guys to support all over all the charity things. And I mean, their stuff's just great. Um, I've had a lot of their apparel and hats since 2016. It's holed up well. I use it in the gym. I'll wear it out to dinner. Um, I'll wear it out fishing. It it doesn't matter. Um, It can be anywhere. That's what the lifestyle brand's all about. It represents you as an individual and you get to have some fun uh, with your look so when you check out type in tfe20 to save 20 percent between now and august 31st 2020 enjoy the rest of your episode all right so we're going to learn a little bit more about our buddy chet bidding today um awkward conversation for us we don't really like to talk about ourselves that much and that's become very evident because when I ask everybody on Instagram hey what do you guys want to hear in the next episode overwhelmingly overwhelming responses that they just want to know who we are what we're up to where we came from what the story is behind um, what we do so uh, we're going to do our best here we surveyed the interwebs for some non-awkward interview questions to get to know Chet a little bit more and then we're going to switch roles and Chet's going to ask me the questions and yeah, by the end of this, to kick off season three, you guys will know a little bit more about us on a personal level. Hopefully we can connect and maybe some of our story resonates with some of our listeners. That's kind of the whole idea. Um, I mean, I guess before we get into the nitty gritty, Chet just got a new puppy. So how's it, how's it working from home with your little buddy, Benson? It's been a lot different. That's for sure. So like, I was late for this call because I had to clean up two peas in the middle of the floor and then 
get him this crate where he will hopefully stay without complaining for the next whatever like hour or so but yeah it's been a lot different I just kind of have to be a little bit more strategic with my work I guess but it's I mean it's all part of it it's it's been fun and um yeah it's just a change but he's pretty funny yeah that's awesome and you got to use your fitness building a, a nice fence in the clay dirt that is in Luke in Ontario yeah that's right that was an adventure <laughs> maybe we'll get into that I know there's probably a question about things we're not good at and I can tell you right away that house renovations is one of them so maybe we'll find <laughs> out more about that yeah Joe's carpentry <laughs> yeah <laughs> what I call it yeah all right well um yeah where'd, where'd you grow up where'd this whole thing start for you Sure. Um, so I grew up in Mitchell, Ontario, which I guess we hope to have listeners from all over now, right? So that's in Ontario, Canada, really small town. Um, at that point, it was probably like three to 4,000 people. Maybe it's a little bigger than that now, but um, pretty small. So definitely small town kid. And a lot of my family is, you know, farmers and some other small town things. So, um, yeah. And so my girlfriend Keelan and I have recently moved from London, Ontario, which is of course kind of like medium sized city back closer to home. Um, I'm from Mitchell. She's from Stratford, Ontario. A lot of people have probably heard of Stratford, I would think, um, closer now because we're in Lucan, Ontario, which is honestly pretty similar to Mitchell, like really small, but we love it. And it, feels a lot more like home so yeah you got a nice little spot there in Lucan and like Lucan's one of the towns that when you walk down the street and you don't even know anybody they're waving it's a yeah it's a nice it's, little community there yeah it's honestly amazing for that like you brought up the fence earlier I was thinking about this the other day like because I we've so we we built the fence in our backyard um nothing fancy just for some privacy and for the dog and whatnot. But I was thinking the other day as we kind of started to finish things up, there was like two or three examples when I was building that fence of help I got from other people, basically strangers who I'd never met before that were just being super friendly. So like the one guy, um, I needed like a, um, a digging bar, which is just like a super heavy steel bar that helps you dig those fence post holes um, by hand because I was digging in clay. So I needed something to break it up. Posted something on the Facebook group, the Lucan Facebook group. And within like a couple minutes, a guy I did not know was like, hey, you can have mine. You can come grab it in five minutes if you like. So that was one. Another one. Um, I had to cut some fence boards and I was using a skill saw, which obviously isn't for those of you that know, not the best option necessarily. And then a neighbor who I had met like probably once before that saw me outside cutting and just came over and was like, Hey, here's my chop saw. You can use it, you know, as you wish, we're going away for a week. So just whatever, bring it back when you're done. So, um, yeah, super nice people everywhere. Yeah, That's awesome. That's, so let's rewind back to your childhood a little bit more to get to know what made Chet Chet. Um, 
like what would you describe your childhood like like what was it like at home what kind of friends did you have in sports and things like that yeah uh i have a huge family um blended family but i kind of forget about that to be honest um it just feels like a, a big family so i have seven brothers and sisters um four sisters three brothers and so yeah i was i'm by far the youngest um by I think like six years or something like that. So by now I, I have a ton of nieces and nephews now. It's, it's awesome. Like it's, and it's crazy how fast that's happened. Um, so yeah, I, a lot of that growing up obviously had a ton of like influential figures. Um, like it's that too. It's funny when I actually kind of sit down and think about all the different people so I mean like family members that I was able to kind of draw from growing up I think I was really lucky and fortunate to be in a situation like that um, just to kind of learn vicariously through them and all of that um, I was always like addicted to sports I guess you could say um, hockey was always my number one I played hockey from the time I was probably like two or three until all the way up until like a couple of years ago. And I'm just kind of taking a, a break from that competitively anyways. And yeah, lots of sports. I was always, I think I was always an athlete and loved every second of it. Um, and it, like people who have known me for a long time, that's why they'll kind of joke now that I'm like, I don't know if you could call me like an academic, but whatever, like I'm into, you know, learning and um, health and reading and uh, like I continued my education and everything and whatnot and people who have known me for a long time they would kind of joke about that now because back then elementary even high school all I honestly cared about was playing sports high school I remember playing I would play like three sports at once and I was probably in class like usually two days a week sometimes three but no more than that and I was totally okay with that and I think a lot of my teachers were probably okay with that too. Cause I was, I was by no means like a stand-up student in the classroom. Um, and yeah, I was, you know, small town. Um, you do what small town, small town kids do in high school. You play sports during the week, you're in school sometimes. And then on the weekend, it's all about partying and social life. So that too is kind of like, I, you could almost call it like something that's a lot different than um, when I was younger is my weekends used to be filled with lots of partying and drinking and social life. And now it's obviously still love like the social life and friends and everything. I just don't definitely not anything like I once was when it comes to partying and that. So some things have changed, but <clears throat> Um, yeah, hopefully that gives people a little bit of a background. Yeah. And from like talking to old teammates of yours in hockey specifically, uh, guys that you played with uh, on the Cullies and then at, uh, at Carleton, is that you, you, you always seem to have like a more unorthodox approach to everything that you did with the sport. Like you were the guy that was in there early, out late, you know yeah, what I mean? That's, yeah, All the, that's lots of stretching, true. lots of this, lots lots of different things that not a lot of people were doing. Um, yeah. I feel like you've kind of taken that same approach to what you're doing now, right? Like I wouldn't say 
you go against the grain, but really what you're bringing forward is like a better practice, something that takes a little bit more work, something that takes a little bit more time. Um, yeah. But it's the right way. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely something I developed. I I don't even know when, but I would probably say like as I started playing junior hockey, so around the age of like 15 or 16, um, I definitely developed like, I guess you can call it like a hard work ethic. And I honestly, I think that just goes back to what I talked about in the beginning, like the influence I had from my family, um, like, you know, both my parents, their families, so like cousins and aunts and uncles and all my brothers and sisters too. Like, I think they all also carry that. And like I said, I just learned vicariously through them. So I think I just picked it up at some point along the way. And yeah, so like, I mean, even junior hockey, I, I think I, like I said, I picked that up and then I, it was just something that I, I started to take pride in and was also kind of addicted to also is like being known as that hard worker and um, putting in the effort on and off the ice. And, and yeah, that's, I've just kind of stuck with that. And um, that's why I was able to play university hockey at same thing with junior hockey. Like I was never, ever, ever the most skilled guy. It was just because I was, I always tried to be the hardest worker, like I said, on and off the ice in the gym. And honestly that right there too, is like what people want to know about our fitness journey. Well, that's how I first got into it is because I tried to be the hardest worker. I knew I had to put the work in off the ice and I just kind of fell in love also with the fitness and the working out in the gym when I played hockey and I've just stuck with that and um, still love it obviously. And, but yeah, that was kind of how I first got into it. At what point um, did you decide to take the route academically that you did? Like, was it a slow, a slow build? Like, did you start off just like, oh, I'm going to go to university and see how this goes. And then you ended up just snowballing or was that a decision right off the bat that you were going to take it as far as you did? Oh yeah. That was a big, big snowball. So I actually did, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I did a year of college at Fanshawe in London, Ontario, before I went to university. That was literally just like, Hey, I'm going to go to school for the sake of going to school. Um, I was, like I said, I was playing hockey at the time. And that's all I really cared about. And I just said, you know, let's go to school and have some fun. Um, but I don't really feel like working full time yet. So I did that. And then I, even at that point though, I, I should say that I knew I wanted to go to university at that point. So it was kind of like a, I guess it was a win-win. It was like, let's bump some marks up and also have a good time. And then, um, when I went to university, it was, I had zero plans or aspirations to do more than a four-year undergrad. So I went there, I knew I wanted to play hockey. Um, and I was, that too, I was fortunate enough to play university hockey. Just because I was a hard worker, like I was, if anyone knows how university sports work. I was never, ever recruited. Cause like I said before, I was never really a skill guy. I made the team as a walk-on um, just through hard work. And I knew that's what I wanted to do. And then I think it was like year, probably year three, I would say that I started considering 
doing more school after that. And then definitely like at some point year four, that was really, and I've said this before, but it was kind of like a turning point for me where I had, I had a pretty bad back injury, I would say. Um, so that, that prevented me from playing hockey for my last year in university. So I kind of suddenly found that I had, and it sounds crazy, but I felt like I had so much free time all of a sudden, even though I was still taking a full course load in university, but it's because I was used to taking a full course load with hockey, which again, like kind of the average student is, and I'm not trying to like, not to sound cocky or anything, but like, we always kind of chuckled when your average student would complain about having no time because they were doing a full course load. And then I was like, well, you know, like I'm at the rink from 7 a.m. till noon and then full classes. And then sometimes you're back like for an hour or two later on for meetings or whatever. And then you're gone like all weekend. So anyways, I, I just found like I had so much free time all of a sudden. And that's when I started digging into because I was hurt, I started digging into more like human anatomy, physiology. Basically, I wanted to know if I could recover my injury any faster. I wanted to know about absolutely everything I could possibly do. And then that totally snowballed. Um, like I took a couple electives, one of those was just neuroscience. And then I was obsessed with that right away. And then kind of, yeah, that's when I knew. So honestly, not till like really late, like fourth year of my undergrad yeah it's pretty cool how you came up with like a, a solution to your own problem out of necessity and then it turned into something that you're like hey i think i can help other people solve problems for themselves and then i guess that's kind of the entrepreneurial journey too right like it starts with yeah, it totally solving is. a problem oftentimes yeah. for yourself to make your own life easier yeah. and then it turns into something that you can make into something that you can monetize yeah and then it totally is just keep and going from there. You and I, and I'm sure lots of other people, like you hear these stories all the time. And if it's never happened, maybe you don't really think anything of it. And then, yeah, you, you experience it yourself and you never, ever could have seen it coming. But then after the fact, you're like, wow, I can't imagine things any other way, right? So it's, I yeah. don't know, I guess that's maybe just like a lesson for, especially younger people. Like if we have any younger listeners, like, if you don't know what you want to do right now or you feel a little lost, like just go with it. Don't worry about it. It, it kind of unfolds. Yeah. That snowball effect is real. Yeah. Yeah. So like in terms of your own education and progression and you, you know, what you're doing as a, as a profession now, have you found like specific resources to be super helpful to you that our listeners could kind of dive into? Definitely. Um, and those have evolved over time for sure. But um, like, if I kind of think back to the start of, if you want to call it like the entrepreneurial journey, definitely a game changer for me was um, the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. So that was, so like for any of you people out there who are thinking about it or recently have or want to start your own business, I think that's an incredible resource to start with. So that kind of first got me thinking the way you have to think to run your own business, which is like 
totally outside of the box, right? Like you have to throw out this idea of like, um, I don't know, like resumes, applications, doing what you're told, like you're, you need to have a ton of just, I don't know what, I forget the word for that, but um, I guess like initiative, right? Like you're totally on your own and you are your own boss. So that would be more on like, I guess the business side of things and like ways of thinking. Um, and there was other ones too. I think I read like hundred dollars startup. I think it's called, um, lots of other business books too, which I remember taking notes on, but I, I can't even think of the titles of them now, but I think that kind of like shaped my, shaped my thinking. Um, and really then I convinced myself I can, I can do this and I can run my own business type thing. And then, so there's, that's kind of like side one, side two for continued education and resources, I guess, if you will, would be ones that are more specific to my specific area of interest. So like health and a lot of fitness sprinkled in, but mainly nutrition. So for that one, um, that too, it's evolved. Honestly, it probably started with just like simple, probably like textbook style learning, I think. Um, and then like PubMed, really good resource for people who want to actually read published scientific literature. Um, that takes a ton of practice too, but um, that's, that's definitely where you want to go, especially if you're confused with like news and um, just all the stuff you see on the internet. And then I think some other good tips are like, you want to find someone, someone or people who you believe in, but you also are like really confident that they're, that they are delivering unbiased and true information to you. So I'll just give you a couple examples. So like, there's a couple of people that I follow on Instagram or on podcasts or whatever that I, like I said, I believe in them. Um, I know their information is credible because of their background, but also just kind of the way they speak, the way they present information. Um, and this too, like, this is something that you'll kind of pick up on along the way, like how to decipher credible versus incredible resources or people or non-credible, sorry. Um, and, and I think that's someone who I try and be too is, is one of those people, but everyone's at a different level. Right. So I'm, I like to follow people who some people might say like, Oh, this is way too scientific or way too in depth. I don't care about all these references and I'm not interested in this person. Whereas I try and be kind of like a step down or a step, a couple steps down from these people in in that I try and, like I said, I try and present this unbiased information. I want it to be valuable information. I try and be like true and honest and um, hold values when I present this information to you. So I'm trying to give you things that are going to benefit you and I'm not trying to sell you something. Um, and so I think that's one of the best ways to find uh, resources for continued learning, I guess, is what I'm trying to say with this rambling answer. So I follow like a, like a, Dr. James Antonio would be one example. Um, Carnivore MD is another example. So these are just different figures. And I think, like I said, everyone is gonna have their different figures. And then apart from that, 
um honestly just like a ton of reading and listening so um like other books i'll follow there's this app or service you could call it it's called swiss so they host these conferences i think usually in toronto but they'll record them. And so these are speakers like medical doctors, PhDs, and so on. They record this and then they can, they offer it to people online later on who maybe didn't attend. So you can watch it and also learn. So there's lots and lots of resources. And these are just kind of some that I've accumulated over the years. And these are going to change too. I'm constantly seeking out new ones, but I think it's, it's good to just, you just want to, try and constantly challenge yourself. So if you've become really accustomed to one resource, switch it up a little, switch to something that maybe you even disagree with a little bit. I think that's really good challenge to take on as well. Yeah. I think that's really good advice for somebody maybe listening, deciding if it's something that they want to follow as a career, something like what you're doing is exactly what you're talking about. Like, you have to constantly be questioning. You have to constantly be curious and you have to have the initiative to seek out the newest information possible, but then also have the like self-confidence to be okay with maybe being wrong or maybe proving yourself, your previous self wrong and being okay with being like, Oh, I was a little bit off with that one. So now we're going to go this direction and pivot that way. I think it speaks volumes to somebody's character and the amount of trust that, I would give them as a professional is their willingness to say that they're better now than they were before. And, you know, kind of look back at your work five years ago and you're like, Oh man, that yeah. wasn't, that wasn't my best work. <laughs> and then also understanding that what you're doing right now isn't going to be the best work you ever do as well. Like there's yeah, going to be a time totally that you look agree. back on 2020 and you're like, Oh, I think I could have been doing this, that, and our next thing to do, you know, yeah. That's a really good point. And I think especially in our field, like nutrition, health, fitness, it's even more difficult to do because it can become like, it it is often like it becomes almost like a religion. Like you see the way people buy into these, you know, they buy into a certain diet or a certain um, style of workout or something like that. And it, they just become so invested in it that they're like so close minded to, other possibilities or other things that might work. And I think that's, I mean, yeah, that's some really good advice just to keep that in mind. Cause that's, you definitely don't want to be there. I don't think that's good for anyone. No, I don't think so either. Is there one big common myth that you're really focused on debunking right now? Like, is there one that just keeps there's, doing? Well, there's, yeah, there's a lot there. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't pick just one. Yeah. Because every time I think that I or the field, if you will, has kind of debunked and cleared up a myth in nutrition, it just keeps going back. So it's like, it's like they never die, but there's definitely a few that come to mind. Um, like a couple of big ones that come to mind and let me know what you think about these. Cause you obviously see them too, but, um, the protein thing that that just never dies and there's a couple different parts to that but like protein will make me bulky or i shouldn't eat too much protein because it's 
bad for my healthy kidneys or healthy liver or um, women, especially like, hey, I don't need as much protein as men do because same thing, I don't want to get big and bulky. Protein's only for muscle. So that one could go on for days too, but it, it just keeps coming up. Um, what else? God, there's so many. Um, I guess just like that there's one optimal diet that works for absolutely everyone and absolutely everyone should use it. Um, yeah, man, that so one many. drives me completely bonkers. It's, I, I know for both of us, it, it could be, it can be a little bit of a roadblock, but I think it's the best part of what we're doing in our businesses that that individualized program has the highest value and the frustrating part. Well, I, I try not to let it get me too fired up anymore, but you know, you go on Instagram and you see these stories of, and I mean, they're influencers. They're not coaches, right? Like they have one, one story saying, you know, life's hard be easy on yourself, whatever, but with no real information. And then the next slides buy my protein. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but they have like 300 plus thousand followers. So all those people are seeing that information and buying into this. Hey, you don't have to do that much, but also just buy my protein and you'll be fine. And it's like, what the fuck is going on around here? You know? Yeah. And or buy my meal plans, my templated meal plans, or this or that. And like, yes, there's definitely a place for those. Absolutely. Um, and, and they can serve people really, really well. But the, frust- the thing that can be challenging is that we're constantly butting heads with these myths, but then also charging an amount that covers the value that the clients can be receiving. Then oftentimes you see people wasting their time, spending their tires, wasting years and money going down this influencer route and avoiding a fitness professional. Like that, I think I love Instagram and I love social media for a lot of reasons, but I think the one big downside for the industry is that people can find misinformation so readily and so easily. And you can also find information to, to match whatever you want to believe is true. And then you can just run with that. Yeah. And then you have professionals that are, are challenging that status quo and also charging a fee that is worth the value that the clients can be receiving. But we spend so much time sorting through the bullshit and trying to convince people that, you know, <laughs> this is actually the way things work that it takes away from providing service. Sometimes I, I got away from that now, but I think like 2017, 2018, I spent a lot of time um, focused on the negative energy and not on building my own business. That's, that'd be one thing that I've kind of turned a corner on for sure. Um, but it is frustrating. Like I just wish that more people would have access to the information that you're putting out somehow like i wish we could just like up your instagram account to you know half a million followers and just have so many people getting your information like overnight uh i don't know maybe you have to go post some more topless workout videos or something like that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but you know what i mean having a puppy too for that puppy helps puppy helps i bet those pictures have lots of likes yeah they do lots of likes 
yeah, that was just a little side tangent. And, it, and it's kind of speaking to what you're talking about, right? Like, oh, yeah, for you, sure. You want to have people um, searching out like credible resources, but oftentimes it's, it's a challenging read and it's a challenge uh, to a, a current state of mind or a current practice. And that can be very, very uncomfortable. And if you're finding it on social media, it's easy just to scroll down a little bit further and find something totally. that's more aligned with what you, your current way of thinking. So I guess that's my long-winded roundabout approach to saying to listeners, like, use, use those resources, those free resources, as something that you can actually find some sort of value in and challenge in. Um, I mean, you're seeking out this information for a reason. There's obviously something that you feel like you could do better at. So I just pay close attention to where you're getting it from and, and who you're speaking to. Like um, I'm all about like relating to people and relating to clients, but I really don't think that there's any value in saying that you're the same as your potential client or as your target market. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't think there's any value in saying I have hard days too. Like everybody knows that. And the fact that you think that, people don't think you have hard days is weird, man. Like we all know you're a human being and we all know that, like, I don't, I just don't get how that's valuable for anybody. Right. And so with the, if we kind of come back around to like the individual stuff. So I said, people push like the one diet and say that that's good for everyone. So just to kind of like quickly clear that up. So I kind of see it as, and maybe fitness is a little bit like this too but anyways with nutrition i see it as like there's kind of like two tiers so it's like to conquer tier one you do the things that 100 percent of humans would benefit from and that's like the super simple obvious stuff which is like don't eat processed foods or cut out a ton of processed foods and this is kind of the same thing but don't eat refined vegetable oils so and I talk about these nonstop. So people already know, but like your corn, corn oil, your soy oil and so on. And you're going to find that in processed foods. So again, that's just like bare bones, eat real foods type thing. And then from there, it's like tier two, if I really want to make some gains and progress, then okay, things are going to look a little bit different for most people. So like quick example would be someone who finds benefits from I'll just use both ends of the spectrum, a vegan diet or someone who finds benefits from a carnivore diet. And then they just all of a sudden think this is amazing for everyone. Everyone needs to do this. And they, if you, but they actually voice that and act that way. Right. And they are totally closed minded to the idea that, well, okay. Like maybe I had some benefits and sure they probably could be beneficial for a lot of people, but um, there's other options. So that's what I'm trying to say is like, they're just, like I said, super closed minded, closed minded to things that are reasonable, right? Like I'm closed minded. Believe me, I'm very closed minded to people eating that crap food that I mentioned in the beginning. But to me, that's reasonable. Like, Hey, this is, we know this food is literally toxic to your body. So I don't think it's unreasonable for me to say that everyone should and would benefit from removing or drastically limiting them. So hopefully that kind of clears things up a little bit. And then like the last myth that <laughs> just came to mind is just still um, just that you need to do 
nonstop cardio to lose fat and be lean and that lifting weights is not as effective but it will just make you big and bulky and whatever so on oh so god on. that's a that's a slippery slope <laughs> yeah i get to get triggered if you talk about that anymore <laughs> yeah um i i know you're a big old nerd and that's probably one of my favorite things about talking to you is that you always have new information to talk about. Um, like, I'm just curious what your, what your big obsession is right now. Cause I know you like to go all in. Once you find something, you're, you're going all the way in as deep as yeah. possible to find out a, if it's true and B how it can be actually implemented for people to find benefit through. Is there something that you're big on right now? Oh, that's a tough one, actually. That's a good question. Um, I, again, not like just one thing comes to mind. Um, I'll probably think of something afterwards, but I, I think still like I'm still really, really intrigued with the carnivore diet, to be honest. I haven't done near as much digging as of late. I, to be honest, I haven't done as much digging as of late as I normally do with kind of the puppy stuff. I've just kind of had to reorganize time and I haven't, um, he's not well enough trained where I can spend as much time on work yet. And that's fine. But anyways, so I'm still really intrigued by that, um, honestly. And I think, and that just boils down to like the experiences that people are continuing to have with it, like some of the illnesses that people are reversing, um, just how that's totally busting other myths, like especially in the medical world. So for example, like people who have been on a carnivore diet and had absolutely no vegetables, no fruit, nothing else for upwards of like four or five years, they get, um, these scans to look at like one example they'll look at a calcium score which is a good indicator of basically your risk for heart disease essentially and they find that theirs is literally zero like even someone who eats a quote-unquote healthy diet you would expect to have like a low number but not zero so this just like totally just flies in the face of everything we've we thought we knew um, also blows open like the cholesterol story, the saturated fat story. And if you've kind of been following like the, just the general holistic movement for a while, you probably already know that that's a bunch of bullshit anyways, that cholesterol is the demon and we should totally avoid it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, that's still one big one to me. And it's just because of how many nutrition and health myths it is exposing and i think it will continue to expose more it's just a matter of getting that out to more people because i think it's still pretty kind of rudimentary um so yeah that's one that comes to mind um there's probably there's probably something else but i haven't yeah i can't think of anything else right now I know we've done episodes on that topic before, but it sounds like we're going to have to circle back to that in a, in a month or so and see yeah, what new development you've come across. Yeah. All right. Let's round third here for this episode. Cool. Uh, what are you not good at? Um, house renovations for sure. <laughs> I'm not handy by any means. <laughs> you figured it out though. 
Yeah, I can, I can dig a hole. That's fine. I can yeah. dig a hole for a fence, but um, I certainly won't be doing any repairs in our house. And I mean, that's why we bought a newer house because we, Keel and I both know that I can't do that and shouldn't be doing that. So it was a strategic purchase, I guess, if you will. But yeah, definitely not good at that stuff. <laughs> Are there um, some people that have really been influential to you to this point? Like people that you've used as maybe a, like a official mentor, maybe an unofficial mentor that you just follow their content? Yes definitely like both sides of the coin like in real life and kind of people I've never met but just follow um this too like there's probably it's like it's like that scenario where there's so many that you just can't think of one as an example because there is so many but um yeah so like uh, the podcasts were have always been really big for me. So I mentioned a few of those before, like, and these fluctuate too. Like there's podcasts, like I know one of the very first podcasts I ever listened to and then listened to pretty dedicated for like probably the better part of a year was Ben Greenfield. Um, but now it's like, I don't remember the last time I listened to one of his episodes. Um, and that's not because I don't still dig a lot of his content. It's just because I, uh, I think what you said, it's, it's the relatable term. I maybe just don't find a lot of it as relatable right now. Um, and who knows, maybe I'll come back to it at a future point. Um, yeah. What else? Like, so f I guess the past maybe five ish months, um, I already mentioned, but the carnivore MD or Paul Saladino, he's definitely been someone who I've been following pretty closely and, He's been really, really good for, like I said, just helping you think outside the box. Um, and I like him because he, even though he's obviously biased towards carnivore, he always, 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 and I think this is one of the things that I really, really admire about him is he always backs it up and does so in incredible detail. Like for any nerds out there, like he's, he's one of the most interesting guys to listen to, in my opinion, like he's, he's such a whiz um, and passionate and, so yeah, those are a couple that come to mind. And like I said, there's definitely lots of others and I just can't think of those right now. Yeah, that's awesome. And I have definitely some, some real life figures too, like especially in um, the last couple of years. Like I'll, I'll definitely give Dr. Dwayne Jackson a shout out, um, professor at university, but also I now have the privilege to work alongside him at ATP Labs and him too you know just through even like having coffees and chats and everything he's been um really influential for me as well too so big shout out to him all right last one for you and then you're out of the hot seat um if you could turn back time to 18 year old chet billy binning and say anything to him in terms of advice maybe save yourself some some headache along the way what would you tell him yeah, that's a really good question. Man, I don't even know. Um, I don't know. I Maybe it'd be something along the lines of just like enjoy it and not be too stressed about kind of what you're going to do next. And 
I don't know. That's that's honestly a tough one. I know a lot of people. I think that's like, good advice, though. Yeah, I don't know. You hear that a lot of people when you hear them answer this, they have like some amazing, sophisticated answer. But I don't really have anything for that one. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, again, this is just my perspective, kind of watching you from, you know, being a coworker and friend and all that. It's just you, you're very humble, and you don't really feel like you've made it anywhere yet, which is pretty cool considering what you've accomplished so i was expecting an answer like that um <laughs> you've been really yeah, driven and focused on that stuff right so it's it is hard sometimes to take a step back and just enjoy enjoy it totally truly and uh, i think that's probably the best advice you can give a lot of people all right that's all I got. Out of the hot seat. Oh, hopefully everyone knows a little bit more about you. And uh, we don't want to do an episode like this again. <laughs> we can continue to nerd out on the fitness stuff. <clears throat> but I think even, even in those questions, you had some really good gems for people on the fitness and nutrition side that they could take away from the episode while they also got to know you a little bit better. And uh, yeah, it hopefully kinda, it just... It is kind of fun to like when someone forces you to dig a little and do some reflection because otherwise I never ever would yeah yeah that's true it can be a little uncomfortable when you get put on the spot like that you gotta exactly. come up with something <laughs> alright cool thanks guys thanks for listening to this week's episode of the fitness experiment podcast if you would like to get us out there, you can like, subscribe on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram at The Fitness Experiment. And as always, your ratings on iTunes, podcast app, Anchor, anything like that goes a long, long way for us. We have a lot planned for this season. We want to get this information out to as many people as possible, and we need your help. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.